Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 16 of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chiroki Sentai O-Ranger. Each week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt Jay. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Getting a little bored to hear in that intro, I'll tell you that much. Hey, uh, listen, not everybody needs to know that this is our third time trying to record this <laughs> intro. <laughs> uh, I clearly disagree. No, I'm doing really well. Doing nice. really well. It's uh, We're doing a live episode. We don't do a whole lot of these, but they're always fun. Uh, yeah. So by live we mean we're both in the same room. Right. Like, you you obviously are not listening to this live. That would be madness. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. That you you don't want that. You don't want it. I don't want it. No. No. This this requires. It doesn't necessarily require heavy editing to make us sound like we know what we're doing, but it does definitely require some like, editing. Yeah. Some. Like and a non-zero amount. So, right. Like otherwise, you would have heard me try to start this episode three separate times. So, Matt. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, as aforementioned, what we do every week, we watch an episode of the show, and this week's episode is episode 16. It is called Naughty, the Future Child. Mm, I don't like naughty. Anyway, no. Just, no, just this, go is, ahead. this is like a naughty child. Yeah, Not, yeah, yeah. You got it. Right, I got it. Um, anyway, but we're going to get to that in a minute, because first, we've got some business to take care of. Uh, the business of fun, Dave. <laughs> uh, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So my first star of the week, Matt, is that I I am experiencing what I think has got to be a a uniquely like internet oriented. I'm having an internet experience, Matt, and here's okay. what that experience is: is that I'm having a feud in my head. With an internet person that doesn't know I exist. Okay, so here's perfect. What's, yeah, here's what's happening. So there's this... I'm, I've been getting more and more into woodworking. Yes. And uh, there is kind of the next step that that I need. The next tool I need is something called a planer. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to bother to explain what it means. I Ex- assume it planes the wood? Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah. And basically, like, if you want to build anything that would be considered, like... Like, nice. That's not just, like, you built some shelves in your garage. Like, oh, you took wood and you turned it into furniture. Right. Like, you basically need this thing. Um, or or an equivalent tool, but this is the... It, it's a big power tool. Anyways. So, they're expensive, though. They're really expensive. And I... And uh, I, so, I'm, I'm, like, on Craigslist. I'm, like, looking around for one. And I, I see... This planer for sale, and it's Makita, which is like a really nice brand, and it's okay. on like crazy bananas discount, right? Like the dude only wants like hundred and fifty dollars for it, which is like twenty five percent of its asking value. And it was like, oh my gosh! And then I looked at the date that it was posted, mm-hmm. and it had been posted like I had been really busy for like two weeks, and it was posted like a week ago, and you know, like it was it was obviously sold. Sure. So I was like, oh no! Like I could have gotten this thing. And so I found out that you can, if you make a Craigslist account, you can create alerts. Like, hey, anytime a planer comes up for sale mm-hmm. in in tools, like, I want you to let me know. Cool, gotcha. right? There are these two dudes uh-huh. who have this equipment, and they're not planers. They're, like, machinists, like, planer gauges. All right. Okay, and these dudes, they each have a set of it, and neither one of them wants it, and they post these gauges 
to Craigslist like every day. <laughs> like to keep it at the top of the whatever. Sure. But what happens is is that three times a day, I get an alert like, hey, someone listed a planer for sale. And I'm like, ooh, planer. At this point, it's a perfunctory check because it's always these three jerks with their planer gauges. Uh-huh. And like every once in a while, it's an actual planer. But in the in the month that I've had this set up, I've gotten one alert for an actual planer and 120 <laughs> alerts for these idiot friggin' gauges. And I almost want to make like email them and be like, stop, because they've been posting them for months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost want to just make an email and email them and be like, stop posting. Nobody wants your stupid gauges. Like, if somebody wanted these gauges, they would have bought them months ago. Nobody wants your stupid gauges. Like, stop polluting this feed with your right. garbage but, tools. But imagine their, like, imagine it from their perspective if they get that email. Because they just have this stuff they're trying to get rid of. And they don't know that you set up, like, an alert <laughs> right. on your phone to get emails when someone wants to sell a planer. Right. Because that's not something that most people do. Well, you know, listen, I didn't invent the <laughs> alert function on Craigslist, so clearly enough people do it that it's a thing. Uh, but anyways, that's just my, like, I'm just trying to buy these th- this thing, and these dudes are getting in my, they're not even getting in my way. They're just, like, cluttering up my universe. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I, I wish they wouldn't. So what, Matt, is our second star of the week? Uh, Dave's second star of the week is, speaking of things getting cluttered up, um, okay. I, I was... You bought a book. It's by a Japanese woman. <laughs> yes. Marie Kondo. The the life changing something magic magic thank you of sure. tidying up I knew most of it uh, anyway no that that wasn't it uh, no this is a story about a different kind of clutter a beautiful kind of clutter um I was out the other day and I get it so my sister's still uh, living with me yeah our sister for is still not living long with yeah me. right she is our sister but not for long she's no. leaving pretty soon yeah it's crazy we'll talk about that later yeah yeah a different time. that'll be another week um so I get a text from Katie. And it says, well, we have four pizzas. <laughs> because what had happened was... Well, there's only two of you, so... Right. See, this is the clutter angle. <laughs> the refrigerator, like, we had to really move some stuff around to make room. Because what had happened is she had ordered two different pizzas. And, like, one sort of pizza was going to be on one type of crust. Like, one was on a thin crust and one was on, like, a thick crust. Why? But sure. Well, it's not like a thick crust, like a Chicago deep dish, but a thick crust like the like No, no, the no, Domino's. that's fine. I'm questioning why you're ordering thin crust pizza. Regular crust, I Oh, guess. okay, got it. I don't know. So there's regular and extra crust is what yes. you... Yeah, no, that's a decision that makes sense. Sure. I'm, that's fine. I occasionally like a thin crust. Yeah? Not on everything, but there are some there are some types of pizza for which I enjoy a thin crust. I'll eat a thin crust if it's there, unless it's like one of those weird cracker crusts. No, not That's like that. That's garbage. Um, yeah. But, like, but anyways. Would, would you eat a Donato's? Uh, I mean, listen. Would you eat a version of Donato's that was good? You know, if someone else bought it, I guess. Sure, okay. Like, I wouldn't pay my own money for Donato's. Anyway, well, speaking of free pizza. <laughs> and what what ended up happening is, like, they, they crossed their wires and they put, like, the topping A on Crust B's pizza... Oh, and then... And so, like, they were walking out the door, 
and we're like, oh, this is wrong. But instead of throwing away the ones that were made incorrectly or just like leaving them there for the employees to eat, they just made a new batch and brought all four pizzas to the apartment. Ah, nice. And so like, you know, there's only two of us there and it takes a while to get through that many pizzas. That's a, yeah, that's a fair amount of pizza. And so by the end of yesterday, I think we're about done with them. By the end of yesterday, we're just like, oh my gosh, well, I, con- I, I love pizza, but... Congratulations? Like, yeah. Like good... I mean, I don't know that I'm going to say good for you. It's one of those surprises that's so beautiful the first day that it happens. And then a few days later, you realize that it's a curse. Right. This is the Midas touch because of, you, you of can't, pizza. You can throw it away. You're allowed to, obviously. Yeah, if but you're a robot monster. But it seems like, yeah, it seems like an actual crime to do that with free pizza. Yeah, it is. So I just keep it's eating a pizza crime. like old pizza, <laughs> which is still better than no Not pizza. pizza. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's something that's something I've really been uh, working my way through. <laughs> uh, yes, I, uh, this week. Congratulations are about as close to I can say in order. Um, anyway, Dave, what is our third star of the week? So, third star of the week is I'm very excited. We are almost done. I'm not excited to be done, but uh, as we mentioned, our sister is leaving um, back to go overseas pretty soon. Yeah, and so because of that, we are wrapping up our Dungeons and Dragons. Ca- We're wrapping up this arc of yeah. our Dungeons and Dragons campaign. So we are finishing up Storm King's Thunder. Yes. And um, uh, we are actually taking a break from doing that to record this. Yeah, yeah. As we're taking a- Once we finish recording this, we are going to go back and then actually finish it. Yeah, so we're not quite done yet. So, um... So no spoilers, I guess, on the end. Right. Well, I mean, I already kind of told you a little... Like, you know the vague shape of how it's going to go down. Sure. But, man, I have just had... Like, I knew I was going to have fun playing Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. Like, Obviously, Dungeons & Dragons right, is very fun. It's the best. Um, no, I knew I was going to have, that you and I were going to have fun. And I am just so, like, so stoked that Beth and Katie have gotten as into it uh, as they have. And, oh, like, yeah. they are having as much fun. So, I, you know, I think we've mentioned this before. But, like, man... If you've got a buddy and they are like, oh, come like play D&D and you haven't, like just go do it. It's so much fun. Um, just go do things with people that they like to do and you will find that your their love carries you as well. Yeah. Like, what's, what is great is, and we may have mentioned this in the past because we've brought this up a few times. Um, but I don't know if we've mentioned this particular aspect. Is that we have, like, they have gotten into it to the extent that they have... You know how when you've played Dungeons and Dragons for a while, or any sort of role-playing game, you get the dice madness? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, well, these dice are nice, but I I should probably buy some more. Uh-huh. Just for variety, in case these ones become, get, sud- become right, suddenly stanky in the middle temporarily of a session. unlucky. Right. And I, then I can't keep using them. I gotta let them rest for a while. So for Christmas, actually, I yeah. got Beth, I got, uh, I just got like a package of like five or six sets of dice mm-hmm. and I gave one to you and I gave one to Katie and then I gave the remaining four to Beth <laughs> and I genuinely thought that by, now maybe she was humoring me. I don't think so though. Uh, I genuinely thought that by like the third set, she was like, oh, fun dice. But like the fourth set, she opened all four of them. And she was like, oh. More dice! She was genuinely, I, I think, excited for all of them. Yeah. Dice, it's that delicate balance. It's similar to how many books you buy versus how much bookshelf space you have in your home. Yeah. Also, I feel like how much you actually read. 
Yeah. I, I overbalanced that one way. Like, I own way more books than I actually well, have read. I, I'm thinking of just sort of like, uh, like real estate-wise, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have an, an amount of room in your dice bag. Mm-hmm. And if you keep buying dice... Eventually, like you want to keep buying dice so long as there is more room in that dice bag. Right. But then if you buy more dice after that, you have to buy another dice bag. Yeah, but and, then you got an empty dice bag. Then you have an empty dice bag, and you may as well buy another couple of sets because yeah. you've got room in that it's bag. It's like bars. Like, I love filling up bars, but yeah. then they get empty, and I'm sad. Yeah. And I fill them up again, and that's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, any, any like particularly fun memories from the. Uh, from the campaign. Guys, just indulge us for a second. Like, can you just allow us... Just join with us in this moment of, of us talking about our role-playing game characters. I know it's like the worst okay, well, nerd thing, but... Uh, here is something that literally just happened. Okay. Um, I am playing a wizard. Uh, his name is Xander. Yep. Xander the Mage. It's great. Um, very similar to Xander Cage, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he is a wizard, so he has, like, weak, tiny wizard arms. Yes. Uh, he did just get gauntlets of over- ogre power. <laughs> That's right. And so now he is the strongest person on the party. Yeah, he is stronger than the fighter, which yeah. is amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a really good mission, or a really good adventure. No, I, re- you know, I had played one or two other, um, like, campaign in the cans in the past. Mm-hmm. And, like, had not, just hadn't been, like, real impressed with them. Uh, I just didn't dig in like previous editions. I just kind of yeah. didn't dig how they were put together. They ne- didn't feel very open to me, and a lot of them were just uh, they were like giant dungeon crawls, and that was that was sort of it. Mm-hmm. And the dungeons were like weird and like unnecessarily like brutal, yeah, maddeningly complicated. Yeah, it's like the sort of complication that is only satisfying to the person who's writing it, right? And um, but I. The the case is not that has not been the case with this with the fifth ed stuff. We just like it's uh, Wrath of the Storm King, as I said, and it's been super cool. It's super open. Um, they kind of have thought of of almost all the details. So, do recommend it. But yeah, yeah man, um, very fun. Yeah, I'm a little bummed out that it's it's, it's not going to be over over. Right. But Katie is is going to be gone, so it's going to be a little bit harder to play. Yeah. But uh, what Matt is our fourth star of the week? Fourth star of the week, actually fourth and fifth stars of the week are things that I did this week to try to make sure. Like there are things that I was sort of on the fence about doing, and then remembered. Well, if I do these. I'll have stuff to I'll talk about stuff. for the stars. Yeah, this is a recurring theme in our lives. Uh, actually, like, I don't think I've mentioned this in a while. I genuinely think that, like, doing this podcast has made my life better because it is a good time to, like, hang out with you and yeah, do a yeah, fun yeah. creative thing and watch these shows. The other way that this show has made my life better is... Re- like forcing me to do to interesting <laughs> stuff because I am like like every week I have like a check in of like well have I have I been have I done anything <laughs> this week that would be worth telling another human being about right and and I feel like if I wasn't doing this podcast a lot of times the answer would be no and I'm like well no I've, I've I just gotta can't do something gotta do something right uh, anyway so here are two things I did this week um early in the week on Monday um Katie and I uh, again our sister. Um, I had actually gotten her this for Christmas. We had only just gotten around to scheduling it, though. We went to a glassworking workshop. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. you said you were going to do that. Yeah, dude. It's super great. Yeah. Um, we didn't do any glass blowing. That seems wise. I feel like glass blowing is probably actually super dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Maybe, basically. Like, just don't inhale instead of exhale because right. you'll scorch your lungs and die? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's, I mean, you know. 
101, do not scorch your lungs and die. Um, no, when we showed up, because this was like a Groupon thing. Right. So, like, they do these beginner's classes a lot. Cool. So, they had a table, and that table had, like, seven or eight different things on it. And they said, okay, I can teach you how to make one of these things. Oh, okay. So, you just kind of, like, you just one do you want to make? And then, and then she, like, the woman who was running the show sort of, like, went through step by step. And, like, she did parts of it, and I did most of it. Um, and it was really, really cool. There was an option to do a little bit of blowing, uh, glass blowing. Um, but they said, listen, if you want to do glass blowing instead of just like molding and like putting mm-hmm. this stuff together, yeah. um, here is what you can make a bulb. You can make like a Christmas tree ornament. That is all we are and, going like, to do. That's cause it's I can't, so, yeah, yeah like yeah. I can't teach you to make glassware today. That is outside the realm of this class. Right. No, that's man, it's super rad. Yeah, so I'll I'm we're picking them up in a couple of days cuz they needed to like stay uh-huh. cool. Well, wait, so what did you make? Oh, I made it sort of like a like a glass jellyfish suspended in like a like a sort of a paperweight thing. Oh, right on. Like there was a couple of layers. So like you made like the tendrils okay. and then you put like the top on it and then you wrapped the whole thing in glass again. And then you sort of, like, shaped that. You did the thing where you have, like, the hot, like, the, the wet, wet news- newspaper. The wet and newspaper, you, and you yeah, put it in, and it yeah, just sort yeah. of, like, burns, and it's... So, okay, so I had a few questions for you. Yes. Um, one, in, at any point, were you at all tempted to eat any of the molten glass because it looks like magical It, it looks like magic candy? Yeah. Uh, the thing is that it's extremely hot. Yeah, no, no, no I know. And the, it, it is so hot that it is... It is, it's so hot that you realize that's a bad idea before you get close enough to touch it. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. Because I actually feel the same way about um, magma. Yes. Yeah, I feel like it's, magma is like, is like rock candy. Yeah. But not actual rock candy, because that's a real thing. Yeah. But I, it feels like, it looks like you should be allowed to eat it. Uh, yeah, like I definitely, like it went away later that day, but my forearm, the forearm that, I it was, was like, and the that thing. was closer to the furnace when I was like twisting it in the furnace to like heat it back up. Just had this red line on it for like two hours. Dang. Um, I mean, I probably should have like covered that up or stood slightly further away, but it was my first time doing it. I was going to say, oh, that reminds me. Um, our buddy Ben was just telling me that there is a dude in Ohio City. Okay. That's part of like the SCA that uh-huh. does intro. The Society for Creative Anachronism. Yeah. That does intro uh, blacksmithing classes. Oh, nice. So I don't, I can, you can. Ask him about that. That would be cool. Uh, there are... This was also in Ohio City. There is another glassblowing place in Ohio City. Oh. There are two glassblowing places in Ohio City within, like... One is on West 25th behind the West Side Market. Yeah. And one is on, like, Lorraine and West 40th well, or you so. you know, if there's some place in Cleveland's gonna have, like, a bunch of glassblowing studios, Ohio City... Probably. It's sense. just, it's very funny because, like, I definitely thought I was supposed to be going to the one when I oh, put the group yeah, on. Right. And then when I looked up directions, I'm like, wait, that's not where that is. Oh, is there another place? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, that's super that's Yeah, super it was fun. really great. I'll put up some pictures on the Twitter feed once we uh, go collect them. So, what, Matt, is our fifth star of the week? Dave, fifth star of the week is last night. Uh, Katie and I went to go see NXT Live oh, in Cleveland. Oh, man. I know. Oh, I would have loved to go. I just I, couldn't make it out. Uh, yeah. So it, it had been a while since I'd gone to one of these. Since you and I went to two yeah, of them. Yeah, we've been to two of them. We talked about them. They were amazing. Yeah. Uh, but that was like two years ago or something? Uh, yeah. It was a, it's been a minute. Um, and I don't I don't really follow NX. Like, I, I dig wrestling enough that I will, like, watch it with someone else. 
or right. I will like I went to the live shows and like those were super fun or you know like buddy our buddy Josh hosts like a WrestleMania party every right. year so like I'll go to that like that's fine but I don't tune in every week right um so there were like it was all new people like everyone who had been in it when we were watching it they're all either like gone or on the main roster now. oh okay right on so it was a totally new crop of people um but and the whole the whole night was great. There was a Velveteen Dream Alistair Black rematch. So Velveteen Dream is the Prince themed Yeah. He, he WrestleMan. He definitely has a he himself does not have a Prince vibe. He has the vibe of someone who really loves Prince. Okay. You know? That's almost better. Yeah. And also probably like less copyright infringy on their part. Probably. So Um and also yeah, like, there's, they can go a lot of ways. Velveteen Dream is amazing. And Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black, who is, like, a Dutch occultist who might be evil, um, but is, I think, okay. a, I think he's a face, but he's definitely spooky. Okay, spooky face. Love um, it. Anyway. Yeah, Undertaker was a spooky face, right? Yeah, well, he started. He started out as a heel, and then I think he just became a face because he'd been, like, around so long that everyone was just like, Undertaker rules! And they were like, well, okay. Well, the thing is that Undertaker does rule. Yeah, he does super rule. Um, anyway, so they, those two had, like, one of the best matches of the year. Like, not last night, but on a different thing. So this was a rematch of those two. Yeah. Sorry, just real quickly, the fact that Roman Reigns did not become the new Undertaker... I just Oh yeah, when he defeated when he made the Undertaker, like when he retired Undertaker. Yeah, and he didn't like put the boots on and like flip out. Um yeah. that was a real lost opportunity, I feel yeah, like for he, everyone involved. They should have it would have been perfect cuz they could have rebranded Undertaker. Yeah. He's already got the hair. I'm yeah. sorry, they could have rebranded Roman Reigns, he was still wearing his shield clothes. Yeah, it's boring. Um they could have had like the Undertaker could have been like a curse that was laid upon I me. Oh my gosh, and me! Oh, that would have been so good. They boofed uh, it so hard. Uh, so, anyways, anyways, um, but the main event of this night was um the current NXT champion Andrade Cien Almas. That's a name. Um, and his like manager partner um Zelina. Okay, he's Italian. No. Um, Mexican. Mexicans, okay. Um, against hometown hero Johnny Gargano and his wife Candice, Candice LeRae. Now that's his actual wife, That's right? his actual wife, yeah. Nice. Um, so, uh, the, the... Now just remind me real quickly, hometown hero is not like his tagline. He no, no, is no. actually from Cleveland. He is from Cleveland. Yeah. And he's... Like, The Miz and Dolph Ziggler are also from Cleveland. Oh, like, okay. Those are dudes from Cleveland who became wrestlers. Got it. Johnny Gargano is a Cleveland wrestler. Oh, like, okay. Like, he was a local wrestler for a long time before he, like, went out and found success on the independent circuit and then later joined the WWE. Got it. Okay, so cool. So, he's, like, he is a guy who a lot of people have seen wrestle locally in, like, high schools and stuff. Okay, yeah. You know. Yeah, there's, like... There's actually like three or four wrestling promotions in and around Cleveland, I think. Well, the the main one is AIW, and like, he was a trainer there. I think his dad is like part owner of it or something. Oh, okay. Like, he is like Mr. Cleveland Wrestling. Got it. Um, and so, uh, the champ comes out, uh, and Zelina is trying to like, talk on the microphone to, you know, like, do some heel stuff. Yeah, like, right. oh, like, Cleveland, you're dirty and the city is cold. You right. have, you know, like, we're, you don't deserve our presence or something like right, that. Right, right, And she tried to do that. But the problem was that the entire crowd just started chanting for Johnny Gargano. Okay. They're just, <laughs> uh, uh, who, 
is also referred to as Johnny Wrestling. Okay. So the whole crowd is just chanting Johnny Wrestling over and over and over again. And wait, wait, sorry, just real quickly. Were they chanting Johnny Wrestling or are they chanting Johnny Wrestling? Clap, 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 clap. Yeah, yeah that's what okay, they were doing. Okay, thank you. Um, and they did it. And you could tell that they, like, they expected it to happen. Because they were having him come out second, even though he's not the champ. Right. So they wanted him to get the big entrance. Right. But... Were they just not prepared? They were not prepared. Because they were, like, she was saying, like, everyone be quiet. I need to yell at you. And every time they did, the crowd just got louder. Ah! And you could tell that there was something, like... Watching their body language, you could tell that at first they were like, oh, this is going to be great. They're chanting and then I'm going to... Like tell them just be quiet. They're going to listen and then I'm going to yell at them some more. Right. But like there was a bit where you could tell they were like, they're just never going to let me talk, are they? (laughs) And like... Welcome to Cleveland. We won't let you talk. Right. And so they were like, they started to just like leave. Um, They're like, okay, no, like we'll come back out. And then, but the whole time, the crowd is just literally getting louder and louder and louder. Uh, until eventually, they just, like, put down the microphones, like, ah, whatever, screw you guys. Oh, that's beautiful. And then Thank Gar- you, Cleveland. And then Gargano and Candice LeRae came out, and, like, the place, it, like, it somehow had not yet exploded. And, and then, then it, exploded. it exploded. Oh, man, that's good stuff. And, like, you could... It was amazing. It was so good. Oh, like, man, even, I'm bummed out to have missed it. Even if you are not, like, a huge Johnny Gargano fan, and I like Johnny Gargano a lot, mm-hmm. um, so that is, this is not, like, a personal perspective thing, but I feel like even if you're not a huge Gargano guy, like, this was a great, great, great moment. Nice. Yeah, man, dude, if you ever yeah. get a chance to go see, like, some good oh, pro yeah. wrestling live, and again, I'm not actually, like, a huge guy to watch it on TV, but, like, it's just a different experience live. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Especially, like, a hometown hero stuff, and he won... He won at the obviously, yeah, no, obviously um, of and then spent like 15 minutes like with a microphone in the ring like saying how much it meant to him and thanking people individually oh, and like pointing man. to his mom and the whole crowd was like chanting for his mom and stuff love it it was beautiful um anyway wrestling is magic uh but we have been doing this for a while and we need to start talking about um o-ranger so yeah. we're gonna take a break We're going to go watch episode 16, Naughty, The Future Child, and we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, we have just finished watching episode 16 of O-Ranger. It's called Naughty, The Future Child. And, uh, man, this is not the same sort of episode we got last week, is it? Yeah, um, no, it is not. I mean, Also, that boy is not really naughty. He's just... I mean, a little bit, I guess. Uh, maybe Naughty does not refer to the future child. Maybe those two things are unrelated. Could be. Um, so this episode, this, uh, this is the thing that O-Ranger is doing, I think a little bit more than the other shows, is that before the episode starts, they give you, like, the sizzler reel for the episode. Yeah. So you get sizzle reel, opening theme, then episode. And normally, you can piece together a little bit of kind of what this episode is going to look like from the sizzle reel. Mm-hmm. And the first line of my notes just says, what the heck did I just see? Because the sizzle reel is, it's bizarre. Like, there's just, no, like, there's no coherence to it at all, except for the fact that the actor who plays Shohei is in it. Everything else yeah. is nonsense. And, like, what we see in the sizzle reel is 100% what we see pretty early on in this episode. It's just... Oh, yeah, no, it's the episode. It's it, They're not, like, making up new stuff. 
So, okay, honestly, I think the best way to do this is just to get into it. So we see a boat. We open up. We see a boat on the river. And then we see what I assume is like a conservatory of some sort, like a concert hall. It's like some sort of music-oriented, uh, you know, space, right? I don't know. I feel like this is a a outdoor location that we have seen in a previous season. Maybe. Um, like, it seems very familiar, but I can't tell if I've seen it in this show or if something about it just reminds me of the, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Ooh, that is a fun building. Oh, actually, hey, speaking of stuff, so we were talking to our sister yesterday, uh-huh. and she is moving to Japan. And we were saying, like, man, if we ever go visit you, we're going to, like, keep an eye out. For these locations that you have seen on the show. And I was saying, if there is not a tour that will take you around Tokyo to all the spots where they regularly film Super Sentai episodes, I will eat my hat. So if somebody can confirm or deny that for me, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, but speaking That's of not, that has nothing to do with the episode. I just want to know. No, yeah. That, that would be very interesting to know. Um, but speaking of things uh, in this episode... <laughs> um, Outside of this conservatory, or whatever this building is, uh, there is, and I'm sure this will not come as a surprise to you, a big evil robot. Yeah, so it's Barra Devil, and Barra Devil has a face for a chest. A clock face. A clock face for a chest with a giant mechanical mustache, and he has Mm -hmm. a top hat. With what looks like are gun barrels coming out of it, but they never shoot anything. So, functionally, they're just, like, coat hooks, I guess. And then his arms... But, like, his arms are coming out of the right spot in his torso. Like, his arms are coming out of his temples. And then at his waist is an integrated keyboard that he himself... It is him, but also he plays it. Yeah, it's like he's got sort of a a keyboard fanny pack sort of deal. Yes, but that is like an integral system to his body. Yes, that is yeah. true. These He's are all things like a, that are true. Yeah, like a musical sugar man, you could say, but yeah. with two arms instead of four. And no tongue, which is probably and, an improvement. Yeah, that's a big... Dude, sugar man is just the weirdest. Oh, Anyways. Sorry, guys. If you don't know who we're talking about, that was a uh, villain in the Generation X... A comic that happened during Age of Apocalypse. So yeah, although he did survive because he's—I don't know. Anyways, yeah, he, so, he snuck out through the Uncrown Crystal. It was a thing, whatever. Yeah, so he—that's Bar Devil. I don't know why he's Bar Devil. He's like at no point does he do anything that is like traditionally like devil oriented, except that he's a bad guy. Well, I mean, he's, Dave, he does—he does play the keyboard on his belt to summon Devil World. Yeah, but I feel like that's a chicken and egg scenario. Like, I don't know which of those. Like, I just, he could have been bar a musician or bar a pipe, anything. Anyways, so he does. As Matt said, he starts to play on his belly and he says, Devil World, start. And I guess that's the name of the, the piece that he's playing. And we just see, like, natural disasters happening right all of them there are yeah, rock just... slides there are floods there are volcanoes and lightning there's like a cool fire tornado yeah 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 so Shohei obs- arrives real quickly and he is observing these natural disasters happen. okay he's not actually observing them he's being very poorly like green screened in front of them 
as yeah. they are as they're putting like stock footage of these things happening behind yeah, him. The so fire sh- tornado is super cool. Yeah, Shohei is in just like an industrial yard somewhere. Yeah. With like so pipes and boxes around. And there are explosions happening around him. So it's these are not just things he is seeing. He is being attacked by them. But yes. there's not actually any like coherent connection in between like the landslide that he sees and the explosion that happens next to him. Right. Well, he's and he's also, despite the fact that he doesn't move, the stock footage they're using is like rapidly shifting localities. Like yeah. he's in front of a mountain and then he's in the woods and then he's back on the docks. Um, and But like it's all explosions and like lightning bolts and rock slides and fire tornadoes and everything. So he, uh, yeah, I just, it's bizarre. So he hops on his communicator and he says, oh my gosh, everybody please come. There are strange phenomenon happening at like such and such a location, like point yeah. five six two or whatever. So we flip up to uh, the Barnaway Empire and now it turns out, amazingly, this is so glorious. Thank you so much. There is an explanation as to why this is all bizarre. None of it's real. Well, the explosions presumably are real. Right. None of the natural disasters are actually real. Bara Devil can use his music to create... They say virtual reality. I think that's not actually what they mean. I think they mean some sort of, like, hypnotic, mastermind-style illusion powers right. with his music. But this was in the 90s, and so no one right. had a clear yeah. picture as to what virtual reality was. And yeah, so... like he's not strapping an Oculus Rift on everybody right. in in range. Um, so that's, they're like, he will create Devil World, and then I'm not sure like what the plan is beyond that. It's like, they got as far as Devil World, and that was good. I don't know. So but, uh, this, this apparently is a Prince Bulldog plan. Uh, and his yeah. parents are so proud of him. So apparently, this plan is not only good but going well. I, yeah, I mean, it. Devil World seems to be working. Um, I don't know what it does aside from freak people out, but it works. So Shohei arrives actually at wherever Bar Devil is, and he starts to fight. And Bar Devil lets loose. It's actually a really cool attack. It's called Note Bomb. Oh yeah, and he like generates like holographic. Uh, musical sta- staves staves uh, in in the air, and then he like plays his piano, and all the notes fly off the staves and explode around Shohei. So that's pretty rad. Yeah, it's a very cool look. And so he is then okay. So this is where things yeah. get weird. I just so, don't even. So Bear I'm Devil, I'm not sure how to transition into this. Well, neither does the show. The show. <laughs> so Barrett Devil is playing his evil piano to cause bad laser magic. And mm-hmm. in the course yeah, of exploding him, laser magic notes. Yeah. In the course of him doing this, we cut to what can only be described as a time vortex. And a no, tra- that's a fair. Listen, that's a, you know, sure. Yeah. yeah it's a time and, vortex. And a child, a future child. Uh, yeah. Is being sucked through it into uh, the present of O Ranger. It just lands in between Shohei and Bear Devil. And not only does this happen, but there's sort of like a feedback loop where, like, the music goes out, it hits this pendant that this child is wearing. Which and... is, uh, if it's the it's a mysterious stone from Skyrim. Yeah, it looks exactly like you got um, the Eye of Akamoto. But like a future version. You, and you. 
like super glued a mysterious stone from Skyrim to it. Yep. Now that. Uh, so there's some it, sort of hits like feedback where like the music when it like hits this pendant, it like backfires on Baradevil or something. Uh, yeah, it either like backfires or cancels it out. But like whatever it is, like Baradevil's attacks, uh, like stop working. So first of all, I want to say this kid who we will find out later his name is June. Mm-hmm. Um, this kid has a look. He oh is, yeah. He is fashion forward. He's very fashion forward. He's forward by about a hundred, two hundred change years. years when the show is done was being made. So he is wearing like short shorts, like super short shorts. Yes, and then, uh, like a harness, like a like big his he's got like vest with yeah like bits a, on it, but with like sh- like big shoulder pads, and it's all silver, by the way. Well, of course, it's silver. It's in yeah, the future, Yeah, it's Dave. in the future. And it's long-sleeved. And then he's wearing, uh, like, Mega Man boots, basically. Mm-hmm. He's wearing Mega Man boots. And he's got uh, just a bowl haircut. And he just has, like, the dopiest look on his face. And he's got this stone, which doesn't match anything else that he's wearing. Well, Dave, the stone is not, uh, that is not native to his homeland. But we will get to it in a bit. Yeah, so he... Like, there's still a fight happening, and there's a pretty cool stairwell fight, uh, because all the rangers show up. Oh, yeah, very well choreographed. Uh, They're all fighting. It's The stairwell is not just stairs. It's like stair, stair, platform, stair, stair, platform. Yeah, and then it gets, when it gets up to the top, it turns into like a series of like uh, walkways around the tops of these buildings. Yeah. And so, like, there's a very cool bit where the Barra soldiers and the O-Rangers are all fighting on this stairwell that's, like, anytime, okay, this is not a big deal. And I think that maybe I've brought it up before, but every time there is a well-choreographed fight with stunts and stuff that happens on a big staircase, it always seems like they're putting in so much more work on this show than they have to. Because that's just, like, legit tricky and dangerous. Well, dude, this whole fight sequence is... Well, there's a little thing that happens before it, but this whole fight sequence is crazy because they oh, go yeah. through... It's like a 45-second single-frame shot where the cameraman is, like, going up the stairs and then, like, seeing something happening and then turning, like, on the left and then turns to the right and walks in a circle, like, around the... On this balcony, around the outside of the building, and then, like, meets back up with a fight that's happening... Like, he saw O-Red on his left and then was watching O-Yellow fight. And then he follows O-Yellow as O-Yellow is, like, going around the building. And then when they get all the way around, O-Red is still, like, back on the other side and they meet back up. It's, like, one long, continuous fight shot. It's really good. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, like, some weird Birdman stuff. Yeah, well, um, the the fight at the very end, the giant fight, was also, like, pretty choreographed. So I just wonder if, like, whoever was doing the choreography for this... Or episode, whoever the director of this episode yeah, was. Yeah, or something was, like, really on their on their game. Because, like, the whole thing is really cool. Uh, yeah, so, if you if, if any of you listeners know anything about that, um, please save me the trouble of having to research it. So, what we... Before all that happens, uh, the kid, June, has just run away. Because he, like, has no idea what's going on. He's freaking out. And there's a giant piano man um who's attacking him with music notes now when you say there's a giant piano man i do not mean billy joel i just wanted to be clear yeah no just uh thought i would clear that one up for you so he he just books it and goro's like hey like we're good we're we're fine 
you go see what's up with that kid. Like, just boogie. Right. So Shohei catches, uh, chases after him, and then we see the whole fight thing. So he's chasing after June, and June is, is running away, which... Yes. Sure. Uh, and as June is running away, just a kid just grabs him and, like, pulls him behind a little, like, a little cement thing. And he says, hey, man, uh, what's up with you? Why is that dude chasing you? And June just says, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, June's having a real morning, and he's not really sure what is happening here. Yeah, and so... I just, I like, this kid is just a good citizen. He just sees that June is running from an adult, and he's just like, well, I don't know, but I know I'm on Team Kid, so I'm going to help yeah. this guy out. So he pulls him aside. He's like, dude. Oh, so Shoei sees this, kind of, and he he knows enough. He sort of sneaks in. He's sitting on the other side of the cement barrier, so they don't know. He's overhearing all this conversation. So Mikio is the other kid's name. We will find out in a minute. And he says, so um, you've sure got a look going on here but what's up with that pendant yeah and june says well my dad brought this pendant back from space yeah when he was in space you know when your dad just flies off to space and brings back an alien pendant yeah so i wanted to play with it if i play with it what he appears to mean is wear it and run around sure he says i wanted to play with it so i just took it and i left my home and then i heard some weird music and now I'm here. So, yeah, that's been my morning. At this um, point, Shohei pops out. Yes. And he just says, like, hey, uh, wh- hmm. okay, so what? where are you from? Yeah, he, he specifically says, what year were you born? And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, I was born in, like, like 2,209 or whatever. Yeah. So Julian's kind of creeped out by this. I feel like he shouldn't be because, for, okay, so first of all, this amulet definitely has the look of like Choriki technology, I want to mm-hmm. say. Okay. And second of all, if this kid, this human child, is born in the year 2,200, I feel like that says good things about the Rangers' like chance of success for victory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Shohei doesn't think about that, but uh, he's like, okay, well, we got to we gotta figure out what's going on. Yeah, uh, we cut back to the moon, and Prince Bulldog is furious that his plans with the devil world stuff have all been sidelined by this time travel nonsense. Yeah, um, and then we get maybe a, a clue as to why Prince Bulldog is so terrible. Yeah, Prince Bulldog doesn't really have a great, like, home life. Uh, he's not very yes. well supported by his parents because he's so sad. He's like, oh, no, like, how dare these people interrupt my devil world? Uh, and Emperor Bacchus Wrath just rolls out. And I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure I got the wording right. Emperor Bacchus Wrath rolls over and says, no one cares about your devil world anymore. Like, Yeah, because uh, he has figured out that there is some interaction here that permits for time travel. Yeah, he's like, we are so, all about time stuff now. Devil world is so this morning. Yeah. Uh, or any time, because now we can time travel. So, right. like, priority number one is ignore whatever your idiot plan was. Priority number two, pursuant to priority number one, is to get that amulet. Right. And what like, we will... bar devil, you're on it. Get that amulet. That's and your what, mission. And what we will do with this amulet is amazing. Oh, uh, yes. 
we we so, see <laughs> we see like Emperor Bacchus Wrath's like dream sequence as to what he wants to do. So his plan is that he is going to go back in time. Yes. To caveman times. Mm-hmm. Where he will find the ancestor, the one ancestor of of the Rangers. You know how in time travel will, in TV, uh, someone who you is have, your you family one. member from a long time ago looks exactly like you. Yeah. Well, that's the that's that's how you know that that's the important one. Like yes. you could kill anybody else in that person's ancestry, and it wouldn't matter. You just have to find the one person that looks exactly like them, and if you kill that person, the person you hate in the future is never born. Because time travel. And what's nice and is that so, in, in the case of the O-Rangers, that one important person for all five O-Rangers were all around at the same time in caveman times and were all hanging out together. And all had stone caveman versions of their ranger weapons. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, there is like ancestor, cave... Cave Journey has like stone nunchucks, and Cave Momo has like a big, sh- like a shield made out of rocks. Uh, and there's like, it's fantastic. So they, like, that's the plan. He's like, well, and if we kill their ancestors, like, I feel like if you've got time travel, just go back to before humans ruled the earth and just take it over then. Why would yeah. you go back in time, kill the ranger's ancestors, and then come to the future and then conquer modern man who still does have like nuclear weapons right uh man i don't listen the things we know about the plans of the machine empire is that they have grown like increasingly esoteric but none of them work and i i appreciate their willingness to think outside the box Listen, maybe they are... Man, okay, no, I was going to go off on a weird thing there, and I'm going to forget it. So the next thing we see is that... So Bulldog is sent down to get the pendant. That's the that's the new plan. Very definitely is sent down to get the pendant. Sorry, but yeah. And so uh, it's Shohei and the two kids. He's still there with June and Mikio. Yeah, and apparently and June just, just trusts they, Shohei implicitly now. Like, they have had one brief conversation, and now June is no longer running away from him. Yeah, and so they... They're just there, and then all of a sudden they are uh, they're attacked. They're they're attacked. They're running away from Barra Devil, but the uh, the pendant glows, and the music stops. Like it stops the music, and then there is some sort of like feedback loop or something because there is like some explosions, and there's a cart, like a yeah. snacks cart that's on the that's where they're hanging out, and that gets like blown over and and sent flying. And Bar Devil is furious that this happens, and so he just runs. I like his plan is to just I don't know, like get better music later someplace. I don't know. He's like, I I'll think, be back. Um, uh, so he's out. So we cut over to, and maybe this is why he is called Naughty, the Future Child. Um, we cut over to June, who is over by where the snack cart got, had gotten blown up. And for a minute, I think that he is like a good kid from the future, and is trying to pick things up and help clean up the mess but what actually happens is he just picks up three cakes and runs yeah uh and then mikio looks at him and he says oh wow uh he's like that's a great plan so he also is just grabbing cakes and they just boogie so they're they're running they grab all like all these sweets and they run and find like a little table to sit out and they start like snacking on these delicious snacks and you're just like oh my gosh this is so delicious and Mikio's like, well, I mean, it's good, but, like, do you not have cake in the future? 
By the way, Mikio has just completely like Mikio has accepted future stuff with no questioning. Oh yeah, he's he's totally fine. Also, uh, they've been separated from Shohei. We don't really know why or how, but he's they're gone. Okay, so they are they're eating, and June's like, "No, man, all we have in the future is this," and he pulls out like a like a bottle of lotion and like another thing that has some goo in it and then a package of fruit by the foot. Oh, no, Dave, I don't think that's fruit by the foot. I think that right there is a package of six feet of bubble tape. Oh, I'm sorry. Man, I boofed that. I did that real, real wrong. I'm sorry. Dave, don't you remember, Dave? Yeah, no, I know. No, no, I know bubble it is. Tape. It's for you. Not, Not them. them. Matt, I, in my heart, I said bubble tape, and what came out was fruit by the foot. Listen. Hey man, listen, back, back when we were children, the, like, the, dimensions and square footage of snacks really mattered. Yeah, guys, there's no, if you weren't alive during that, well, I mean, I guess, I think these things still exist. I don't know why, but having snacks in, like, linear form was real hot for a minute so yeah it's bubble tape and he says all we have in the future is like pills and gum like that's like that's all we eat and he and june's like man that kind of sucks and then or i'm sorry mikio says like oh that kind of sucks and then mikio's mom is there yeah she has magically appeared There is no explanation as to where she has come from, why she is there now, how she has tracked them. Like, none of that. Yeah, she's just... She's just, got just mom there. sense, man. Just got mom sense. She, yeah, so... So she just arrives and she's like, hey, what is happening? And I think this is why they're supposed to be naughty. She's like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but you're in trouble. And then the next scene we see is them back at the snack cart, like having given back the snacks that they didn't eat and paid for the ones that they did and apologizing to the snack cart people. Which, yeah. uh, you know, in a in a show that is like long on like overarching moral like life lessons, but very short on like the practical ins and outs of how you should conduct your life. It was nice to see the figure saying like, no, don't steal from the snack cart. And if you do... You should return it and pay for what you've taken. That's appropriate. Yeah. And, and Mikio's mom is actually pretty cool. She's like, listen, um, the only reason I'm mad at you is because, like, I want you to be good. Like, you know, yeah, I have, like, you know, like, I have high, ex- you know, like, it's not that I am, like, mad at you for acting out. It's just that, you know, I have high hopes for you and want you to develop into a fine young man. Right. And she says, she turns to June, who, oh, by the way, uh, Mikio's mom does not bat an eye at June's outfit. He is still, he has not changed. He's still in his future clothes. And she just looks at him and like, there's no, not a moment of anything happening. She's like, well, I guess that's just how that kid dresses. Oh, wait. And so she says, June, you need to, you need to go like, go home and talk to your parents and like, tell them what you did and like, sort yourself out. There actually was something that we forgot in between. There was an interstitial scene that we forgot, Matt. And we go back to base for a second. Yeah. It's back Mm. at base. And yeah, and the chief is looking over the footage. So I guess we would just have to assume that like the Ranger helmets also operate as like dash cams. And he's he's seeing everything that's happening. And Goro says, well, Baranoia knows 
that the pendant and Barra Devil's music combine to create time travel. So now they want to get the pendant. I don't know how Goro knows that. It's pretty hard. I mean, he's right. Here's the thing. You can assume something and you could be right. Just because you assume something and you're right doesn't mean you should assume things, Goro. That doesn't it's always, always going to work out for you. I mean, so it, anyways, will, it will in this show because that's how this yeah, show oh, works. Yeah, well, it's okay. Uh, it's a good point. That don't learn. It will always work out for Goro. He's fine. Just don't learn that lesson from him and think that it's going to work for you. So, and then, so he says, listen, we're going to sort this out here. Shohei, you go out and find that kid again. And the way that they send him to go find the kid is literally like, just wander around Tokyo until you find him. Presumably. Which, again, uh, like Goro randomly assuming something about time travel, uh, they assume that he is going to be able to find this kid easily. And he does. He finds yeah, it him does so totally easily. Work. Uh, it does sort of feel like, I don't know, I feel like the Rangers should have some sort of like, man, I don't know, reconnaissance capabilities of some sort? Yeah, well, you know, I remember in an early episode, the one with uh, Barra Vanish, when they had to go find a kid, like, everyone went out on the street and was looking around and, like... Yuji and Momo were up in a plane trying to get like a bird's eye view to search for this kid. And now Goro just goes back to the snack cart and there's the there is June just waiting for him to find him. <laughs> um, so so yeah, so that works out. So great. Um so Shohei finds him, and he's Jun's like, oh, I just want to go home. And he, like, gives, he gives Shohei a hug. And then Mikio comes back for a reason that is not. He's just, I guess his mom yelled at him in private, and now he's, like, free to go play again. Right. Mikio comes back. Okay, here are some things that happen, all in rapid succession. Mikio comes back. Baradevil, who is now giant, attacks. Here is something that does not happen. Mikio's mom, who should still just be right around the corner, comes back for him. We do not see Mikio's mom again, despite the fact that she cannot be more than a half a block away, and all of a sudden, a giant robot is about to, like, step on her child. It's... yeah. It's not the Um, most responsible parenting that we've seen on this show. Right. So I this is actually something there is something that I think is fun is that Bar Devil does not waste time being tiny anymore. He's like, Well, that didn't work. I'm just gonna be a giant and I'm gonna try to squish you and then I will take that pendant. So uh he does like fire breath, the kids run, Shoei turns around to fight, and then we get one of my favorite recurring sequences in like across any Sentai. Mm-hmm. And we don't see it a lot, but we do get it every once in a while, which is when they get like henshin and then cold cocked. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> like, there's just a fight. And, because normally, like, they henshin, and then they fight. And this time, so it's like, Choriki henshin! God! And then he transforms. And then literally, as soon as he's done transforming, he gets exploded and goes flying. I just it's, love the visual of it. It is very fun. So, um, he, like, he already is kind of on the rope. So, he just radios HQ. He's like, dude, get the Choriki mobiles going. Like, this dude's already giant. Do not waste any time. Like, we gotta do it. Yeah, and what I really like about this time is normally when they call for help, they're just like, oh my gosh, come help me. But in this case, Goro, I'm not sorry, not Goro, 
Um, I was saying Shohei. more earlier when I met Shohei. Sorry. Um, Shohei like, gets on his radio and he's like, hey, I'm calling in a Cherokee mobile unit strike on this location. Uh, and like gives a precise place for them to show up, which was great. Yeah, I did really dig that. Um, it just kind of a, like a look into the more military nature of the of the Rangers. Which I, is I just, neat... I really just appreciate it anytime that they are organized and things make sense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a beautiful little balm to my soul every once in a while. So we get a nice long uh, toyetic commercial shot of the of the Cherokee mobiles like arriving or they're like it's just a lot of travel time where oh, we're yeah. seeing these like, I, very very cool toys that you can purchase at a local store near you yeah they definitely did not have quite enough story to fill this episode and so we see the full sequence of them like getting into their cockpits and leaving the base and getting to the spot there is a bit where uh they drop the giant roller um yes. but of course giant roller is meant to attack people who are more human-sized um, but Barra Devil is already a giant. Oh, by the way, at this point, Barra Devil has picked up, like King Kong style, just like picked up uh, Shohei. Oh, yeah. So it's not working. Like, Shohei doesn't really actually have a whole lot, a whole lot to, to do. Like, he is just a very tiny man being picked up by a giant robot. Um, so, but the giant, the giant roller manages... To knock Barra Devil off his balance enough, he just drops Shohei. Yeah, so it just then, like hits him in the foot and kind of trips him, which is really yeah. fun. <laughs> um, so we get a shot. Of, we get some time of Goro and Shohei just fighting like Barra soldiers. Um, it's not particularly crazy, although it and is they, like earlier in the episode, pretty well shot. Yes, yeah, that is definitely true. So we go from there, and they then they both get in their Cherokee mobiles again, and. Goro, sorry, Shohei, opens up a box in his control panel that's just labeled Searcher in English. And he and he tells the chief, he's like, all right, you've got to do the analysis. So I guess they have like some sort of teleanalysis capability uh, on the pendant is what he's, is what he, like Shohei's got the pendant back. Yeah. So uh, he does Taurus attack, and then we do get um, we get an extended sequence of just the Choriki mobiles fighting independently, like not combined into O Robo. They're like running and charging and like doing blasts and like shooting cannons and stuff, and that was pretty cool. I always like seeing that. Yeah, well, because at this point, basically the Choriki mobiles show up and they form O Robo, and that's it. So I I dug that we got to see them just doing their thing because like they are they're pretty cool uh, individual robots this time oh, yeah. around. So, here's what we find out. Here okay. is the entire explanation, because the chief finishes his analysis. Okay, can we talk about his analysis real quickly? Because please, please. yes. The, the pendant has been scanned in in the searcher, which I have to assume was supposed to be like a researcher or something like that. Anyway, he has scanned in the pendant, and the like the readout of that scan is on a computer in the headquarters, and the chief is looking at it. But yes. it's not just, like, a photograph of the thing. It's a, I mean, not poorly made, but made with crummy tools. Just, like, weird picture that someone drew in MS Paint, basically. Yeah. And so, at some point, Chief is, like, you know, doing, like, the typing on the keyboard, like, enhance, zoom in. One of those deals. And mm-hmm. it zooms in. 
but there's not a high res version of this image. So it's just zooming in on like a hastily constructed JPEG and you see all of like the crummy uneven pixels. It's very good. Yeah, so he here is the full here is the full explanation that we get. Ready? I'm ready. He says I mean as ready as anyone can be. Yeah. So he says the music reverberates with the crystalline code mm-hmm. and creates energy that permits time travel. Yep. There you go, that's guys. That's just that's it. That's why it works. It's the energy it's energy that create that permits time travel. They cracked it, you guys. They did it. Okay, so now now they're in a little bit of a pickle because they're they want to send June back to the future. Right. Um but the only way to do that is by creating more of this musical energy. And if they kill Bara Devil too quickly, then June is going to be stuck in the present. Right. So, oh, uh, just real quickly, Shohei does get June the pendant. He literally just throws it out of his... He's at the top of Orobo. He just throws it out of the top of Orobo and manages to get it within, like, a foot of where June is standing. Hey, man. It's he's just an ast- They're very good it's, at their jobs. It's an astonishingly good throw. Um, Sorry, I don't... <laughs> I just, like I was expecting that I don't know what I was expecting but for him to just I don't and also I guess that means that they could like open the windshields on Orobo because he's definitely like in the cockpit and he doesn't get out of it and like go to the edge and chuck it out like he just throws it forward and June gets it yeah man just rolled so, out the window I just, I am deeply in love with the idea of like Orobo having like crank windows <laughs> um so so he says, yeah, they're like, what are we going to do? We've got to figure out how to how to get this thing going. And so what they do is they don't they don't kill Bara Devil. They just tackle him. Like, oh, Robo is grappling Bara Devil and just like jamming on the keyboard to create whatever particular sound it is that Bara Devil is able to create. Yeah. Now, by the way, uh, Shohei piloting oh, Robo using one giant robot hand to bang away on like half a keyboard that is attached to the, like, waistline of an evil robot is playing beautiful music. Yeah, it's really impressive. So, it works. Like, that's oh, I just... Mean, of course it works. Yeah, no, it's great. It works. Uh, but there is a really cool moment where June... June is, like, paralyzed with fear. He has no idea what's happening. And the Barra soldiers, realizing that the Rangers are otherwise occupied, have just showed up street level... So just try to take the pendant from June, because what's he going to do? He's just a little boy. Turns out little boy can do a lot. Mikio mm-hmm. is like single-handedly holding off three or four Barra soldiers. Now with like Kung Fu, he's just like tackling them and kicking them in the shins. But yeah, he's just like sort of being a distracting nuisance. Yeah, so that he but does it, that for long enough. It totally works. Like, yeah. one little boy is holding his own against eight Barra soldiers, which is something that in the first episode of this show, four soldiers, like, the the four, four rangers soldiers were not able to do. Yeah. So it, it works, and June just escapes, and he's like, bye, Mikio, thanks, rangers, and then he's out. So he just goes back to the future. It's all fine, I guess, because that's how time travel works. It's just... 
you know, he'll just pop back. He won't he won't go another 200 years into the past. He just goes into the future. Yeah. Well, maybe that's where he's maybe from. Shohei was playing that same song from earlier, but backwards. Yep. Sure. <laughs> I mean, why not, right? <laughs> um, so uh, they fight, and Orobo does not use the crown, crown sword yet. The crown final crash. Like, he's just throwing hands. Like, he is just punching Barra Devil a lot. And again, uh, this is what I mentioned earlier. This just looks a really cool, extensive fight choreography. It was rad. Yeah, there's a cool shot where, like, the camera is shooting them from below, sort of on the other side of a line of buildings that does a mm-hmm. good job of getting the scale as to how large these things are supposed to be. Which, like, you're supposed to get that a lot, but sometimes they forget and just put them on a featureless plane. Yes. <laughs> Um, and that's it. Like, then he pull, they pull out the sword, they do Crown Final Crash, and Barra Devil is no more. Yeah, there is a quick, there's like a quick after bit where they uh, they see the same boat, and they're all, there's like a slow approach to the stairs, and it's all the Rangers and Mikio, and I think Mikio's mom and the chief. And Mikio says like, man, Jun was really cool. I hope I can see him again. And then Shohei says, you probably, like, you probably will. Which like, I feel is deeply like, irresponsible. Yeah, like, he came back to the past once. I'm sure it can happen again. And, yeah, right, so okay, like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, like, my dude, you just killed the only being that you know of that can create that, like, weird energy, and it has to... Inter- like, no, that the likelihood of you seeing this kid ever again is effectively zero. You should not tell this little boy that. And then the chief also says, like, hmm, a boy who has seen the future... I have some questions that I would like to ask him as well. And they look off into the sunset, or the horizon, rather, and they see up in the clouds an image of June waving to them. And then it is the end of the episode, and I'm pretty sure we never see that kid again. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, that is that is the end of that episode. Yes, Dave, but it is not the end of our episode. Uh, because now it is time for us to determine where... Barra Devil lands in the Creature Royale. Well, yeah. So I gotta be real, Matt. I'm not thinking real high for Barra oh, Devil. Really? Man, I like Barra Devil. You know, okay. I like him. He's got a fun look. He's got like the note bomb attack, but he's not like, he doesn't have much of a plan. He's got Devil World and that's sort of weird and funky, but like. Hey, man, Devil World was going to be great. It just got a little sidelined by weird time stuff. So... <laughs> Uh, he's got this plan, but it's not, like, super crazy. I like his look. Like, I'm not saying he's at the bottom, but I wouldn't... I'm not I'm not looking at, like, cracking the top 20. Oh, no, 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 no. Not at the top 20. Um, but so, I definitely... Okay, where, where do we want to start looking here? Well, let me just tell you, astonishingly, sort of incredibly, the ring priestesses are still right in the middle. Hey man, they are so, they are very middle of the road. Very <laughs> average, yeah. So what I don't know. Do are you are you higher on Barra Barra Devil over the ring priestesses or the jewelry priestesses? Okay, well right below the jewelry priestesses we have the ghost lantern. And Copy uh, Empress. Okay, no, I don't like them as much as Copy Empress. Yeah, and then underneath that there's Sunakake Baba, the sandwich with like magical breasts yeah okay but then not too far below that we're getting into like 
Traffic Light Dimension. And I like Barrett Devil, I think, more than I like Traffic Light Dimension. Uh, yeah, I'm cool with that. Actually, I think I kind of got it in one, because I'm looking at this, and I don't like him. I like him more than Traffic Light Dimension, but not as much as I like Bakaneko. Yeah, Bakaneko did have that weird restaurant where she was, like, capturing children and, like, trying to feed them to monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... So I think that's it. I'm going to say just below Bakaneko and just above Traffic Light Dimension. Yeah, I can dig that. All right. And that, Matt, actually is going to do it for us. Yes, that is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, uh, we are on there at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever it is that you get the show. Uh, theoretically, that helps people find it, and that's great. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth.